Last weekend, in the first reading, we encountered one of those uh, stories that left us, or at least seemed to leave us with more questions than answers, and that was the great flood and how Noah and the family were saved. And the questions that I remember I raised at the homily was, why would God destroy God's own creation? Is God not a compassionate God? Why didn't God send Jesus then if sin was so oppressive and pervasive? We have another story that mystifies us all today, and it's the story of God's invitation, not invitation, the command to sacrifice Isaac, his only son. The story also raises questions and certainly mystifies me on multiple levels. Even though surrounding cultures like the Ammonites, for example, practiced human sacrifice, it was never part of the Judaic tradition, human sacrifice. God's demand that Abraham sacrifice Isaac was truly out of the ordinary for Judaic faith. Yet Abraham obliges, and he obliges without questions or protest. The story, thankfully, ends well. And we might say, all is well that ends well, and leave the story aside. But embedded within the story are powerful messages for our faith and spirituality. And today, I'm hoping to explore these messages and reflect on them, particularly three of them. So here's the first message that I want to take away from this. When God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, and even though this is a demand that sounds unreasonable, God did not ask like a heartless tyrant. In fact, God said, take your son, your only one, God understands, God knows, whom you love and offer him as a holocaust. The language tells us that God understands the depths of Abraham's love for Isaac. Literally, Isaac was a miracle child. There was nothing more precious for Abraham and Sarah than Isaac. And no one knew that more than God. To get into the deeper implications of the, the, the deeper implications of the story, I'm inviting you to look at the story not from the perspective of Abraham, but from God's perspective. You see, Abraham does not foresee it. But this story will be repeated in the reverse. There will come a time in salvation history when God will place his own son into humanity's hands. And unfortunately, God's son 
would be sacrificed. So let me ask you this, and it's a question that I would like you to, a few questions that I would like you to take home with you to reflect as this first point. So let me ask you, what is the most precious thing in your life? For Abraham, it was his son Isaac. What is the most precious thing in your life? Would you do what Abraham did? If yes, why? If not, why not? And what does either your yes or no say about your relationship with God? Perhaps this week, we can reflect on God's demand from Abraham, Abraham's response to God, God entrusting Jesus into human hands, and the implications of this for our own faith and spirituality. So that's my first point. The second part of the reading, this is my second point, the second part of the reading about Abraham in the first reading ends with a repetition of God's promise to Abraham even before Isaac was born. God had promised Abraham this. He said, I will bless you abundantly and make your descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. This promise was made before Isaac was made and now, one more time, when Abraham was obedient, the promise is repeated. But the part that caught my attention is, this, is where God says, all this, which is the blessing, because you obeyed my commands. Note the emphasis on obedience. At the transfiguration, we see that same emphasis on obedience. A voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Peter wanted to build three tents and stay there. But the God of Abraham was leading them to obedience to Jesus. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And the link between the obedience of Abraham and the blessing that followed is truly interesting. The link, not the fact that they obeyed, but the link between the obedience and the blessing is what is interesting to me. Had Abraham refused to obey, would the promise hold? I don't know. We can't speculate. We can say this though. Later in salvation history, Jesus' obedience to the Father led to the greatest blessing of all, human redemption. In other words, you and I have been redeemed because of the obedience of Jesus to the Father. So there is a link between the blessing of Abraham, sorry, the obedience of Abraham and the blessing he received, the obedience of Jesus and the blessing that has come to us. This link is very interesting for me. 
So this week, I'm inviting you to reflect on both the call to obedience and the link between the obedience and unforeseen blessings. Ask yourself this question. Where are you, in what area of your life are you being invited to listen to him? Perhaps unforeseen blessings await us as well. Surely we know that for those of us who follow Christ, heaven itself awaits us, and it's a great blessing. And finally, this is my third point. At the transfiguration, when the voice from the cloud said, listen to him, the words listen to him, what does it mean? We know from the rest of the gospel in Mark that Jesus and the disciples went down the mountain and then Jesus predicted that he would be killed and rise from the dead. So from the moment of glory, they come down the mountain and Jesus makes a passion prediction. It is reasonable then to conclude that listen to him meant, listen to him meant following in the footsteps of Jesus. Folks, Jesus' life is the will of God for humanity. In other words, if you've ever asked the question, what is God's will for me? The big answer is that our lives are modeled on the life of Jesus. So Jesus' words, his actions, his relationship with God and other human beings, including his enemies, is God's will for humanity. The way Jesus lived his life is the model for every human person. So this week, once again in my third point, I give you practical implications. This week, let us reflect on our lives from the perspective of listen to him. Let us look at the choices we make. What are the choices we make week after week, day after day? What are the choices we make? Let us assess our priorities. Right now, what is our priority in life? Let us evaluate our relationship with God and with others. In these and other aspects of our life, I hope that we find ourselves striving to listen to Him. Every Eucharist is celebrated in obedience to God's, to Jesus' command, do this in memory of me. We do this because Jesus said, do this in memory of me. We know and we understand what it means to be obedient to the command that Christ gave us. As we are obedient to this command, and as we celebrate this Eucharist, and as we do this in memory of Him, let us include as much of our lives as possible. And be obedient. And let us listen to Him and form our lives in the footsteps of Jesus. Listen to Him.
people of God said.